Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, I'm George Cup, And I'm Callum Gurr. And you're about to listen to the podcast version of To Be Discussed with Cup and Gurr. Please note that this is a podcast, so it's not a live broadcast. So please do not try to vote in any of the polls or send in messages to any of our discussions as your message will not be registered, but you may still be charged. Also, please note that not all of the opinions expressed in this podcast are our actual opinions, but may be expressed to create a better discussion. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and don't miss our live broadcast every Sunday on Wizard Radio Station. everybody and welcome to another episode of to be discussed with cup and Gur. my name is george cup and i'll be joined by my co-host and political opposite callum Gur. hello everyone this evening george and i will prove to you that you can have impassioned debates whilst holding vastly different opinions without falling out at the end of the night tonight we'll be discussing have you struggled with your mental health during lockdown who do you have the most confidence in to lead our country? And will there ever be another wonder of the world? With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And these discussions will be open till the end of the song break between each topic. So let's move on to our first topic of this evening or discussion whatever you want to call it so we're asked we asked you to send in your opinions uh, last week to the following question what is the most important issue facing the world today and you guys have been writing in and the first one comes in from greg and he says we're the first generation with a ticking time clock against our lives because of climate change obviously this has been an issue for a long time but I feel like we're the first generation whereby if we don't do something about this now, the negative change happening to this world is going to be irreversible and this planet will die soon. 
if we're not all focused on that, then we're wasting our time because we have no future at all if the planet dies. We're already seeing humans dying as a result of climate change. Well, Callum, do you agree with with Greg? Yeah, I do agree with Greg. I think it's a really um, interesting opinion um, to come in. Um, I was wondering when when we set this topic whether or not kind of climate change would would come up and environmentalism because I, I don't know about you, George. Um, I don't know about you, George, but I feel that in a sense, because of the coronavirus um, pandemic and everything like that, um, we, we've kind of seen environmentalism and climate change and everything like that has fallen a bit to the back burner uh, in many ways because of the need now to be increasingly hygienic and, and to not spread the virus. If we think about it now, we're all kind of required to wear masks. Well, this means that naturally there's a lot of waste being made because a lot of people are using disposable masks. And if we consider that a lot of pubs and um, restaurants were encouraged to use more disposable um, um, cutlery and disposable um, drinking vessels, uh, cups, I don't know, <laughs> drinking vessels. Drinking vessels. <laughs> um, which obviously is something that only a year ago we were starting to phase out. Everywhere I was getting plastic straws and things like that. I mean, so I think it's really interesting, Greg, that you're still seeing that as the most important issue and i agree with you i think it probably is the most important issue um facing the world in the kind of long term but i do think and george do you agree that in in a sense it's kind of fallen onto the back burner climate change and environmentalism yeah i i, I definitely think during this pandemic it's they kind of been in very much in the back of people's minds rather than the forefront um and i and i think that's understandable though as much as i appreciate it, it is incredibly important that we protect our planet and ensure that it has a future um i think we are right in facing the issues that are impacting on our lives right now um i mean yes you can argue that climate change is doing that but i don't think it's doing it in such a way of, of obviously coronavirus um uh, and i think that Callum is so right that you know we are having all these masks and all these um protection gear coming in and the amount of waste that is now being produced because of that is is quite probably unbelievable in, in actual facts but i i do think that climate change is definitely something that our generation has to really um take hold of and try and ensure that we um encourage others to respect our planet and and take things forward i mean for example the first of october uh which is the today of recording um the the British government brought in a new law to say that there was no no longer use of plastic straws, um, cotton wool buds and stirrers are allowed to be used in in shops or um, restaurants or anything like that. And that is a step forward. And we need to see and encourage more governments and more people to be taking steps like that to ensure that obviously this this planet does have a future. Definitely. Definitely. So the next opinion is from Emily. Emily says the thing that literally keeps me up at night is the rise of racism in the world. I don't know if this is a new thing or if I'm just waking up to it now, but there seems to be so much anger in the world at the moment and people are taking it out on each other in really racist ways. I study history at school and the times we're living in at the moment feel a lot like things we've seen in history before. It's so scary to see world leaders promote racism and there are actually people out there who are genuinely, legitimately hateful and racist. We need to change that now more than ever because I feel like we're at a tipping point where things could get much worse. George, what do you make of that? 
I think that um, Emily has a has a very good point here, and I think that um, yes, you could argue there has been a rise in racism, but at the same time, um, I think there is definitely the counter argument to say that racism has always been there. Um, but the the difference between now and then is that racism now gets called out, not as much as it should get called out, but it is recognised more, and people stand up um, against those that are um, racist. And I think that going forward as a generation, we are seeing that we are a lot more open to um, ensuring that we call out uh, racism when we see it and ensuring that we aren't racist ourselves. And that kind of derogatory language is not being used. Um, I think that it unfortunately is very much a, a, um, a generational thing in terms of how racist one can be. And I think that our generation, the younger generations that are coming up are being taught a lot better um, about the, the how um, those that are part of a minority community and ethnic community are actually um, put in a situation where they are being attacked racially. Um, and I think that it is important that we do really take a step back and look at our how we can come together um, as doesn't matter what, what colour your skin is. We come together um, no matter what and we work together. And I think that this the, the pandemic, I suppose, has maybe proved the point that we should come together and we should all work together to ensure that we, we find a, an ultimate goal of equality. Um, what are your thoughts, Callum? Yeah, I think it's a really um, obviously passionate opinion in from Emily. And I think she's she's dead right. The racism is obviously unfortunately still a factor we have to consider uh in in 2020 which which is, isn't right really um but it's definitely something that seems to have taken a hold in the news a lot more lately although as you say George it's, it's certainly something that's that's always been around i mean if you speak to any kind of uh, person of color or or anyone really from an ethnic um minority background they they would probably tell you that it's not really something that's that's r risen um, recently it's something that they've always experienced I think what's interesting for me is that it's not just the overt racism which is the problem I think the problem is a, a lot of casual racism and, and I think a lot of it actually despite the fact that I think by and large our generation George is better when it comes to not being racist and things like that and and not discriminating against minorities i actually think that school age people um maybe that there is a little bit of casual racism still in there which they then kind of uh they kind of not grow out of but they they learn that it's just not right and um, later on particularly when they go to university and things like that and and the reason why i say i think that's a factor is that i've been working um amongst uh well i've been working down at a local train station marshalling primarily um sc school kids um down there and i've heard not uh, not any actual racist things to be quite honest but i've actually heard some some homophobic things being said um amongst the amongst these school children um and i think that kind of attitudes towards um different minorities I think quite often those negative attitudes are used in school as a kind of insult and things like that but then it it's kind of grown out of a little bit but but that's something that needs to be tackled for sure because evidently we're not a completely tolerant society if 
school kids think it's any kind of insult to uh you know either be racist or to to be um homophobic and that which is what i've actually kind of witnessed yeah um our last opinion quickly is from charlie and they say the most important issue facing the world right now is just the internet i can't believe that i've literally been alive for 16 years and the internet has basically not improved at all in that time there is a lot of possibility Positivity, that's a hard word, on there, obviously. The internet is so wide, but I feel like more and more of the internet is actually negative and people using it to manipulate other people. There's no control or like police on the internet. There's just no rules and people are using it for such negativity. I just hope that something can be done about that so it can be more productive and positive and not threaten people's existence. The internet is something we can control if we want to people forget that callum quickly what are your thoughts on that i think it's really interesting opinion charlie um I, I would say that uh the internet there is a police on the internet uh, and the police do use the the internet and and track down people that that are doing bad things and i think uh, actually that there is it is getting slightly better as well i think uh, social media platforms are a bit more proactive on it and i think that the tools that uh, the police and other kind of um services have to to track down people that are using it for harm it are improving um so so i would kind of urge to be a bit more glass half full maybe yeah i uh, totally agree with you callum so um remember we will be announcing what the question will be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show so make sure you're ready for that for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show but it is time for our first break of the evening so we'll be back after this Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So time to go into our second topic of this evening. And right, so mental health challenges amongst young people were already a concern before the COVID-19 outbreak. According to a study from the London School of Economics and Political Science, between 10 and 20% of 16 to 24 year olds are affected by a mental health disorder. Given that 75% of lifetime mental health disorders begin by the age of 25, according to the archives of general psychiatry, the subject of young people and our mental health is of increasing concern. Signs suggest that the experience of the COVID-19 lockdown may have made problems even worse. The very simple fact that we have been unable to see our friends and have been told to stay indoors for long periods of time this will likely have been detrimental to our mental health, even now that lockdown is easing. The long lasting impact of the lockdown and the remaining social distance measures are taking their toll. According to a Mental Health Foundation survey carried out during lockdown, one in four people have said they have experienced feelings of loneliness up from one in 10 prior to lockdown. Couple this experience with the trend amongst our age group of having property with no access to an outside area, and the topic of mental health amongst our age is incredibly important. The consequences of these mental health disorders are incredibly stark. According to the Office for National Statistics, the number of suicides between 2017 and 2018 rose by 31% amongst males aged 20 to 24 years old, i.e. people like me and George. All of this makes it 
increasingly important to raise awareness amongst the general public about the importance of mental health. Companies like Nominet have been playing their part by partnering with other organizations to provide mental health support for young people, especially during difficult times like the global pandemic. Last year, Nominet, a profit with a purpose company, launched the Reset Mental Health Camp program. The program is a large scale campaign providing grant funding to several charities focused on improving the youth mental health system, support and services. They've provided grants that support digital mental health services, as well as grants which boost collaboration and improve service quality across the mental health sector. One of the organizations involved in the Reset Mental Health Program is Chasing the Stigma. Chasing the Stigma is an organization that seeks to normalize and humanize mental illness. It uses first-hand experiences of mental disorders to show that those who suffer with ill mental health can and will get through it. They run the Hub of Hope, which is a national mental health database that brings together large and small mental health organizations and charities to offer mental health advice and support in one place. So with the recent COVID-19 outbreak seeing a rise in mental health issues, today we want you to vote on our poll have you struggled with your mental health during lockdown? Um, and I should introduce now, um, for the first time, we've got a guest on our show. So Jake Mills actually joins us um, from Chasing the Stigma. Um, Jake, did you want to kind of talk to us a little bit about, obviously, with people potentially struggling with their mental health during lockdown? Is that something that you have seen? Yeah, um, thanks for having me on. Um, it, you know, it's a really, really important time for us to be talking about mental health now. Um, I mean, you've you've covered quite a lot there in regards to how important it is before lockdown, but certainly during lockdown, um, it's even more important than ever. Um, what we've got now is we've got a situation where people are feeling anxiety and worry and stress and depression for the first time ever the feeling the symptoms of poor mental health for the first time ever that's not to mention the the, the difficulties that we had in regards to the mental health services and the system that we have before lockdown the people who who were struggling uh, and were waiting and needing help and support and it's uh, it's a really, really crucial time now where we are talking about mental health on a much wider scale so that people can understand how to look after their mental health and what to do if they're struggling. In regards to have we seen anything, you've mentioned there about the Hub of Hope. So the Hub of Hope, which we um, were incredibly lucky and grateful to receive um, funding from Nominate for as part of the Reset Campaign, as you said, is, is one central mental health database to make help and support as easy as possible to find across the country. It's essentially, um, I, I don't know if I can say uh, other uh, services, but let's just say, for example, if you wanted to find a takeaway place, we'd know, all know where to go to find that via an app. It's exactly the same method as that. But instead of finding a pizza, you're finding a mental health service. And through doing that, we're hopefully engaging people into the system a lot easier. But we so have seen a huge increase. In fact, the the uh, the day that the prime minister announced 
uh, the first initial lockdown, we had a um, 248% increase of new users on the Hub of Hope. That's a 240% increase of people looking for help for their mental health. So it's something that we are really, really worried about right now. Wow. I I think um, if I speak from my own personal experience in, in with regards to mental health, over the period of lockdown, I myself struggled with uh, mental health and, and, and the loneliness side of it. Um, I was in an office by myself every day, um, working in a rather stressful job, um, and my mental health suffered from it. And I definitely had, um, I broke down um during that time and um if it wasn't for my friends like like Callum then um to getting me back to a, a more secure and, and better place mentally I think that um I would have struggled even more and uh, Jake do you think it's it, or have you struggled yourself with um ill mental health at all yeah, well, I mean, this is this is why I, I, I'm, you know, I'm talking to you today as the chief executive of a mental health charity, a national mental health charity. Actually, that's nothing to do with my background whatsoever. Um, professionally, professionally, um, before working for the charity, I was a stand-up comedian. I was somebody who never had any experience of poor mental health, didn't have any understanding, no education, no knowledge about it at all. I became depressed and actually that led to a suicide attempt seven years ago. It's because of that, that I now work in this field. It's because of that, that I set up Chasing the Stigma and set up the Hub of Hope because I didn't want anybody else to go through it. We know that there's so many different problems that we need to try and face and address. But what you've just mentioned there is incredibly common. When we talk about why people may struggle with their mental health generally, certainly before lockdown, we talk about some of the biggest contributing factors being things like worry, isolation, loneliness, financial problems, relationship problems. We're all feeling that right now. We've, we're living in times of uncertainty. That is going to affect your mental health. What you said at the top as well is, is what we want to talk about is we want to talk about mental health on a much, much wider scale. Normalizing mental health is something that we all have. Everybody has mental health. And your mental health, like your physical health, will go up and it will go down for different things. A lot of people are going to be struggling with their mental health right now. So it's so important that we try and nip it at the bud, if you will, that we try and make people aware of the help and support that they can get at a much, much earlier stage. Because not everybody has the friends, has the access, can 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 rely on other people um, in the way that that myself and, and that you've just described there, haven't having friends available to help you. So it's about making people aware of the support that's around them. And obviously, uh, we, you've mentioned your own um, personal experience with mental ill health. I mean, what what kind of advice do you offer both from, from your kind of professional position, but your personal experience for those young people out there who are worried about their mental health, or perhaps even those who are worried about their friends or family members? It's, you know what, from a personal point of view for anybody who's struggling, um, what I cannot stress enough is when my life started to turn around was when I started accepting and being open and seeking help. 
it was not as scary yeah. as I thought. Nowhere near as scary as I thought it, it was going to be. In fact, it wasn't scary. It, you know, asking for that help and support at an earlier stage is so, so critical. Nobody's going to judge you for it. There's help and support out there. Even if you don't tell people close to you, as long as you're getting help and support, go on the Hub of Hope, download it, go on the website, find the help and support that's available. If you're worried about somebody else, I cannot stress this enough, ask them just have a conversation, actually don't worry about awkwardness, don't worry about pushing them over the edge, you're not going to push them over the edge by asking them if they're okay, ask them if they're okay, let them see the help and support that's available, offer that reassurance to them, um, but don't put it off, don't, don't think you're not qualified to ask someone if they're okay, don't hope that somebody else will ask them, don't hope that they'll get better themselves, be there for people, especially now, you've got no idea just how much being there for somebody can help. Yeah, I, I, I think that the, the normalization of mental health is so important and being mm-hmm. getting rid of this stigma around it as well um, and to ensure that people are confident in speaking about their mental health. And if I was in a situation, Jake, where I was in, where I was about six months ago, where would I be able to find um, the hub of hope and, and what would I be offered when I, when I looked into it? So the Hub of Hope is a completely free-to-use website and downloadable app. So you can download it from uh, any of your app stores, uh, or you can just go on hubofhope.co.uk. It's a central database of mental health support. We're trying to make it one place for everything so that regardless of whatever it is that you're struggling with, regardless of age or gender, that you'll be able to go and find support. That support is going to include cross sectors so you'll have nhs support on there you'll have charities on there you'll have private support you'll have peer support groups but do you know what there's thousands of support networks out there that i certainly didn't know about when i needed them help does not necessarily come in the way that you think it's going to it doesn't have to be going to a counselor if that doesn't work for you but have a look what's there because i can guarantee you'll you'll find something not only that you probably didn't know about, but something that will work for you. We want to give you choices. There's always help and you can find that at Hub of Hope. So Chasing the Stigma has partnered with the Profit with a Purpose company, Nominet, as part of their Reset Mental Health program. Could you maybe tell us a little bit more about the other resources that Chasing the Stigma provides to support young people's mental health at this time and where they could find them? Yeah, um, so yeah, Chasing the Stigma is a national mental health charity. So the Hub of Hope is a product of Chasing the Stigma. We've also got something called Ambassadors of Hope, which is a training program that we've developed here. The idea behind the Ambassador Hope program is to try and give people the skills and the knowledge and the permission, if you will, on how to how to talk about and look after your mental health, how to look after somebody else's mental health if you worried about them but we do so in a way and chasing the stigma in general does everything that we do from a lived experience point of view but also from we 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 consider ourselves just to be ordinary people we don't want to give people more information than they need we don't want to talk in in a clinical or medical way we want to just do everything from a normal point of view and so you can find more information about everything that we do at chasingthestigma.co.uk Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much um, for joining us, Jake. Uh, And to all of the listeners, uh, remember you can visit nominet.uk forward slash mental dash health dash support 
uh, to find out more about the Reset campaign, Chasing the Stigma, and the other mental health organisations providing resources to support your mental health at this time. Uh, but we've now reached the time for our second cell break of this evening. But remember to vote on this poll, have you struggled with your mental health during lockdown? You can do that with a radio.co.uk forward slash listen, and we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before the break, we ask, have you struggled with your mental health during lockdown? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page. That's at Wiz Radio. Right. OK, then let's move on to our third discussion of this evening. And we're asking, who do you have the most confidence in to lead our country? So it is a pretty important job that a prime minister has to take to ensure that they lead the country in a direction that is beneficial for everyone. And obviously, you we have elections every four years or more times than that, if you're the Conservative Party and you get to the chance to elect, essentially, in a way, who you want that leader to be. But out of the following people, who do you think would make the best leader and also you want to be in power? So, Boris Johnson, Keir Starmer, Ed Davey, Nigel Farage, or that famous politician, Other. Callum, before we ask our lovely audience, what are your thoughts? I think it's a really uh, interesting topic, and it places me in a in a in a difficult position um, <laughs> in, in many ways. Uh, I would say definitely not Boris Johnson, definitely not Nigel Farage. Um, Surprising. In, in terms of the other, obviously, there's the Green Party co-leaders. I think Sean Berry and Jonathan Bartley. Um, I mean, who would be prime minister? I mean, you can't have a co-prime minister, can you? Um, deputy. Well, I suppose, yes. But then there might be an internal power struggle. It might be like Brown and Blair not knowing oh. who's going to lead, um, <laughs> which might not be great. Um, I think, to be quite honest with you, I would have the most confidence in Keir Starmer to lead the country. I think Keir Starmer has been shown throughout his um, parliamentary career to be a relatively sensible politician. I can't, to my knowledge, remember him getting involved in any kind of real controversy. I mean, obviously, he had a, an involvement in, well, I mean, he's shadow Brexit, Brexit secretary. So he, he had a real involvement in Labour's Brexit policy, which obviously didn't do them any favours, but I wouldn't really call that controversial in the same way as what Boris Johnson is or Nigel Farage and even Ed Davey, the reason why I would say he would not be someone I would have any confidence in to lead the country um, is that he has got involved in, in some kind of controversy. I mean, for one, he, during the coalition, he, he was seen to be in favour of fracking, but now he says he's against fracking, um, which I think think is a bit of an inconsistency and although I'm more than happy for people to change their mind I think it's slightly questionable but possibly um, and also I, I recall him retweeting something or tweeting something about decapitating Boris Johnson 
or something like that, which obviously is, is, is hate speech, really. I mean, he didn't mean it quite literally, I don't think like that. Um, but it certainly w wasn't a very wise comment, particularly in the wake of the fact that obviously during the Brexit referendum, we saw an MP lost their life, lose their life rather. Um, and, and so I, I'd say that just shows that Ed Davey just doesn't quite have that judgment to be leader, whereas I think Keir Starmer possibly has shown that a little bit more. What, what do you think, George? Well, Callum, you say you're in a difficult position. I'm in an even more difficult position. <laughs> yes, that's uh, true. <laughs> I, um, uh, I think <laughs> you can get I think, fat. <laughs> I know. I, I, I have to be. I have to be a politician here. Um, I would have to vote or say that the the person out of this list I would vote for is is Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> I I say that partially through gritted teeth, but at the same time, as much as there has been mistakes over the coronavirus situation, I do have to give him credit where credit was due. At the time when he was elected as the leader of the Conservative Party, I doubted his credibility a lot. And he proved a lot of people wrong where he was able to obviously get uh, well get a deal um, with the EU and also then um, called a general election and played an absolute blinder um, and came home with a staunching majority. But I, I think that because of those facts, it is absolutely right that I would back Boris Johnson and purely on the fact of the party that obviously he represents, which is uh, conservative and I am a conservative. Um, and I believe that a leader is not just um, themselves. You know, it's not just them, them personally that should make decisions. They should have a team around them that do that. And there are a, a few people in his cabinet that obviously advise him in, in decisions. And I like the people in his cabinet. And also I like the people in his party. There are many MPs that are on the backbenches that I believe that um, actually do a very good job um, and hold even the government to account, which obviously absolutely is their job. I can absolutely respect and see the argument for Keir Starmer. I think Keir Starmer has come out of the uh, the blocks racing away and uh, he has made a very good and positive impression on the country and i actually welcome that a lot because i think that a opposition should challenge the government where it needs to and it should actually be an opposition which i think that the labor party under jeremy corbyn struggled at being um and i think that kia has been able to bring a level of professionalism and prime ministerial um, attitude towards the role and I think it's very positive for politics as a whole. Ed Davey I'm not even going to talk about Ed Davey because no one knows who he is um, <laughs> and I mean Nigel Farage it's an interesting one. Obviously there's no secret to say that I was once a signed up member to UKIP and followed Nigel Farage um, and I often think that he has a very rare talent and an ability to talk to people and get them on side. He um, I don't know what it is. He's a very good orator and um, is able to really convince people even when he knows he is lying. Um, and because of that, you could argue they are um, right skills to have to be a leader. But I would not want his genre of politics in power. It would scare me greatly which direction he would take the country. Um, and I'm pretty sure he would follow Trump and put a massive eight foot wall around the whole of the country, which would be interesting. Um whether he includes Scotland in that, who knows? Um, so, <laughs> and other, 
I mean, I don't really know about other. Maybe me. Yeah, why not? Vote for me. Uh, but no, I think that I have to stand with my party and say that Boris Johnson would have my vote there. Surprisingly, very surprising. I mean, I guess with with Farage, um, for me, I mean, you mentioned some of the skills he has, which which is is true. He is a very good orator. I will accept that. Um, I, I think for for me, he he's a little bit of a marmite character for one. I mean, you say he's got a good way of convincing people, but I think he often maybe just preaches to the converted already um, and there's a lot of people that really dislike Nigel Farage uh, and and the other thing I would say is that in terms of one of the criteria that I base in this poll on of who would I have in confidence to lead the country is whether or not they'd actually have a kind of policy platform that they want to legislate with Nigel Farage to me only knows what he's against he doesn't know what he's for um, and, and so <laughs> I wouldn't have confidence in him to lead the country because of, of that as well. What do you make of that? Yeah, I, I think you 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 make a very good point. It's it his as much as I say he's able to to bring people around. He often does preach to the already um, turned, and uh, but he does it. He he is able to bring people under out from under rocks. People that haven't been politically active for a very long time. Yeah. He's able to draw them out, and that is very important when it comes to politics and winning votes because the the, the swing voters and those that are lost in politics are so important when you want to win a majority. I mean, obviously he never did that, but um, still, Callum. Who do you think will uh, will win? Who do you think our listeners will vote for? Uh, Keir Starmer, I think. What about you? I think Keir Starmer as well. But there is only one way to find out, and that's for all of you to go and vote on this poll. Who do you th- who do you have the most confidence in to lead our country out of Boris Johnson, Keir Starmer, Ed Davey, Nigel Farage, or other? And we'll be back after this. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. So before that break, we asked, who do you have the most confidence in to lead our country? And to find the results of that poll, please go to our Twitter page. That's at Wiz Radio. Right then, time to move on to our fourth discussion of this evening. And we are asking, will there ever be another wonder of the world? So obviously the ones of the world are these amazing, amazing things uh, that we've seen both throughout history, but also there's now what we call modern wonders of the world too. Um, And so we wanted to have a little look into whether or not we thought that there would be something that would be created from the, in the future, essentially, that could become another wonder of the world, or have we already reached the pinnacle of wonders? George, what do you think? Well, obviously, over history and over time, we, we've seen, as you said, Callum, in your instructions, we've seen these buildings go up and they've been classed as uh, wonders of the world. And they are everything from the Great Wall of China to the Colosseum in Italy to the Eiffel Tower. And, you know, let's not forget, there are 12 of these significant wonders, as you, as you like. Um, and it would be incredibly hard to, to think, is there is there chance to be more is there chance to to open up the borders or even sorry not the borders uh, is there a chance to open up the the guidelines and allow modern things into them but i i think for me the biggest one that jumps out is things like the b 
Big Ben. I, I think Big Ben is absolutely right. Um, it's got the history, and and I think that it's it's very a magnificent building, and I think that it deserves the right to be in, um, or to be a wonder of the world. And I mean, even I, I think that it's right to 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 look at nature, and I think that things like the Amazon rainforest should even be um, classed as a wonder of the world because they are obviously not man-made but they are still a phenomenal thing that has happened purely down to mother nature and and the way that nature works and i think that it is an absolute wonder and a beauty that we have it in on this planet um what what are your nominees callum um i i I don't know what I would nominate in terms of new new things to be on, on the list. I mean, the thing is, with, with this, there, there's a lot of other lists as such where that include the tag of Wonders of the World, but they kind of put a little twist on it. So in terms of what you were mentioning with the Amazon yeah. rainforest, I think that's on the natural wonders of, of the world, although just having a quick look over the list, possibly not. Um but but certainly um, there there is kind of these other lists that exist there um, already because obviously I think only one of the ancient wonders of the world is still um, there today um, mm. as such. Um, I, I thought it was very interesting you saying that that Big Ben should be on there. Um, I love Big Ben. <laughs> Sounds very Good. weird saying that. <laughs> uh, but I don't think it should be on there. For for me, a wonder of the world has to be something that really breaks the mold and it is a is a a building of real almost architectural astonishment that that could be built. And to me, Big Ben is a clock tower. I mean, it's great, but but it's not really a wonder of the world. I mean, you you could it could have been built anywhere else, Big Ben, really, and it would be the I same sit thing. I wonder about it. Do you? Uh, well, yeah. that's that's because you're a conservative, George. Um, <laughs> so I I don't think Big Ben um would be on there. I mean, George, in terms of the the what is known as the modern ones of the world today. I mean, you've mentioned some of them already. So Great Wall yeah. of China, Petra Colosseum, uh, the Chichen Itza. I've pronounced that wrong. Machu Picchu, Taj Mahal, and Christ the Redeemer. Obviously, and I think it's in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Uh, which of those would you most want to go and see? Oh, I absolutely would love to go and see the Great Wall of China. Um, for me, it's something that is incredible to, to have a wall that is um, able to be seen from space. And I would love to walk the whole length of it. I don't know if you can, actually, but I would love to be able to do that. And it's something that, I, you know, it's set in the most beautiful landscapes around it as well. And um, it's definitely on my bucket list to go and do. How about you, Cullen? Yes, I, I'd love to see Great Wall of China as well, but I think for me, Machu Picchu's um, the one I'd most like to see. I mean, it's the one in a sense I've come closest to because I did seriously consider um, going going to Peru and, and traveling um, well, around South America. Um, so it's, it's definitely one that I, I considered, um, but it's, it's, it's the one that's kind of top of my list, along with probably Christ the Redeemer as well, because of, as I say, that South American um factor mm. how do you think this poll's uh gonna go george i'm gonna say that about 80 percent of people will say yes uh, there will be another wonder of the world what do you think 
I'm going to say that 60% of people will say yes, but there's only one way to find out, and that's for you guys to vote away. And that question again is, will there ever be another wonder of the world? You can do that at wizardradio.co.uk. Force us listen, and we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before the break, we ask, will there ever be another wonder of the world? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page. That's at WizRadio. Right then, thanks very much for listening to To Be Discussed with Cup and Girl. We do really, really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Well, <clears throat> it's very back to front uh episode today was <laughs> but as mentioned earlier for the first segment of next week's show we'd like you to send in your opinions on what would you do if you saw a friend or family member break lockdown rules and you can send in your opinions by email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through twitter that's at wizradio so remember um sending your opinions on what would you do if you saw a friend or family member break lockdown rules and we are really really looking forward to hearing what you would do about that um, next week but it is now time for Callum and I to say ciao for now and I have been George Cup stealing my face uh, <laughs> I have <laughs> been Callum uh, thanks very much for listening everybody we'll be back next week at the same time and the same place for another episode of To Be Discussed bye bye Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.